Good morning, and uh, congratulations on making it out on this one of the coldest mornings of the year, and uh, for being here, coming for a time of warm fellowship. My name is Dan Dank, and I've been involved with Christ Church for about 40 years, and uh, so I'm not a newcomer anymore, but uh, welcome to all of you who are here, and some of you who may be newcomers, and one of the things that uh, strikes me each time that I come for worship is an opportunity to come and, and hear words of truth and be reminded of the truth and what's really important. Uh, all week long, we hear many voices telling us that this or that is what's really important. Uh, but when we come together for worship, uh, it may be the words of a hymn, it may be words of scripture or words that are spoken up here um, that remind us of what is really true and what is really important. And that's, that's one of the things that has been a blessing to me over the years as I come to worship. So let's take a moment to, to reflect upon the words of this hymn in your bulletin, especially this ancient hymn, uh, All Good Gifts Around Us Are Sent From Heaven Above. Good morning from me as well on this crisp, refreshing winter morning. Uh, my name is Jim Visser, one of the elders here at the church, and I'm glad to be able to worship with you this morning. God calls us to worship this morning, starting out with Psalm 65. If you follow in your bulletins, you see we're going to read that responsively. So I will uh, start us off, and if all together we would read the bold print. Praise is due to you, O God in Zion. And to you shall vows be performed. O you who hear prayer, to you shall all flesh come. By awesome deeds you answer us with righteousness, O God of our salvation, the hope of all the ends of the earth. You visit the earth and water it. You greatly enrich it. The river of God is full of water. You provide their grain, for so you have prepared it. You water its furrows abundantly, settling its ridges, softening it with showers, and blessing its growth. <clears throat> you crown the year with your bounty. Your wagon tracks overflow with abundance. The pastures of the wilderness overflow. The hills gird themselves with joy. The meadows clothe themselves with flocks. The valleys deck themselves with grain. They shout and sing together for joy. 
So let's do just that. Let's continue to give God praise by singing two songs. You'll find the first found in our bulletin, O Love That Will Not Let Me Go, and then we'll follow that with Trinity Hymnal number 139. Please stand and let's sing.
Father God, thank you for bringing here, us here this morning. Thank you for gathering us on this cold winter Sunday morning. Lord, we call upon you now, and we desire to meet with you, Lord. <clears throat> and we want to hear from you and hear from you through your word. For, Lord, you, you provide the rest for our weary souls. And you are the joy that finds us in our pain. Lord, we know that you are the light that shows us the way, and you restore our hearts. And Lord, we know that your promises are sure and true, as you conveyed to us through your word. And even more, Lord, your love will not let us go. This is who you are, O oh Lord. You are the one true God, the God that we love, the God that we worship this morning. So thank you for being present with us, even now in this meeting place. I pray this in your name. Amen. We're going to remain standing and continue our prayer uh, by again this week singing the Lord's Prayer song. You'll find that in your bulletin as well.
please be seated. We now have an opportunity to reflect a little further on who we are and just acknowledge that as well as who God is and the reality of his grace. Uh, this is where God calls us to renewal. So listen to our call to confession from John 17, verses 14 through 19. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. We're going to continue our time of confession by hearing from our Westminster Shorter Catechism, which is essentially a, a, a summary of the biblical doctrine that our church and our denomination holds to. So we're going to uh, do this responsibly. If you look in your bulletin, I'm going to read question 90, and we'll respond back together with the answer. How is the word to be read and heard that it may become effectual to salvation? That the word may become effectual to salvation, we must attend thereunto with diligence, preparation, and prayer, receive it with faith and love, lay it up in our hearts, and practice it in our lives. Amen. Let me pray for us. I'm going to offer a corporate prayer of confession and leave time for our silent confessions. Lord God, <clears throat> We thank you for your word, and we know that you reveal yourself through it, giving us your amazing plan and story of redemption. Lord, as we live in the world, the very gift that we can cling to, the truth of your word, we often ignore. We confess, O oh Lord, that we do not attend to your word as we should. We do not read it diligently. We often don't take the time to study it or to prepare intentionally to hear it. Lord, we pray that you would guide us through this, Lord. We admit that we forget what we have and that we don't attend to it properly. Lord, we pray that we would receive it with faith and love and that it would be absorbed into our hearts into the very fabric of our daily lives. So, Lord, forgive us for this. For in our pride, Lord, and in our self-centeredness, we've gone our own way without you. We've essentially made ourselves gods, forgetting who we are and who you are and what we truly have and need. So, Lord, now please hear our private prayers.
Father God, thank you for receiving our, our confessions, Lord. Lord, we acknowledge that our hope truly is in your word with you at the center of it. So sanctify us, I pray, through your truth. We pray all this in your name. Amen. We're going to respond to our... Actually, we're not going to quite respond yet. Forgive me. Uh, but be assured that our sins are forgiven. And be encouraged by these words from Psalm 130, which is our declaration of forgiveness. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope. Now we'll respond. Let's do that by singing. I'm going to keep on singing and stand, and we'll find that in your bulletin. <laughs> standing as God's word is given to us. Our sermon scripture this morning is found in Matthew 13 verses 1 through 23. Please read with me. You'll find this in your bulletin as well. That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea and great crowds gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat down and the whole crowd stood on the beach and he told them many things in parables saying a sower went out to sow and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, 
since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Then the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered them, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophets of in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, You will indeed hear, but never understand, and you will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word. Immediately he fails, or falls away, excuse me. And for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word. But the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed, indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, in another thirty. The very word of our Lord. Be to God. Please pray with me. Lord God, you have given yourself through your word. I pray this morning that it would affect Pastor Andrew's heart and mind, and that you would help him preach it clearly to us. And Lord, by your Holy Spirit, Give us, the listeners this morning, good soil hearts that we'd hear and understand your word and that it would truly bear fruit in our hearts and lives for your purposes. I pray this in your name. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. Considered making a crack about the temperature, but decided not to. <laughs> so I guess I did. <laughs> We're continuing our study on the tales of the kingdom, and uh, we are walking backwards through Matthew chapter 13. Lisa last night said to me, my wife, why are we going backwards? She very orderly. Uh, I said, well, they, you know, what Jesus preaches in Matthew 13 was sort of an inductive sermon. He was building up and coming to the, the point toward the end that the kingdom is priceless and above all things to be valued. 
And so we're, we're just sort of reversing it and going deductively. We're starting with that premise that the kingdom is priceless above all uh, and, and to be valued above everything else. And then we're walking backwards and we're saying, why is it priceless? Or how is it that we come to understand that? And last week, uh, you know, two weeks ago, we established the pricelessness. Last week, we said one of the reasons why it's priceless is that nothing can assail it. Uh, it will grow. It will, uh, it will withstand all that uh, the enemy can bring against it. And this week and in subsequent weeks, we're going to start to develop the nature of the kingdom. Like, how is it that this kingdom grows? How is it that this kingdom uh, is nourished? What is it like, this kingdom that is within you, this kingdom that is among you? So we're continuing to look at that. And so here, Jesus starts, you know, if you think about this sermon, Matthew chapter 13, he starts talking about the kingdom uh, using this parable of the sower, or you might say this parable of the soils. And, and it very much is a parable or a teaching that is uh, explaining to us the importance of the word. You probably picked that up throughout the service already this morning, uh, the importance of the word or the centrality of the word, both for our time together this morning but also, when we start to think about it, it, it is the, the center point of our life. It is in the Word of God that we receive the gospel. It is in the Word of God that we find the strength to go through our life. It is in the Word of God that we find joy uh, and, and comfort and, and all of those things that we yearn for. And Jesus is saying this in so many words. Uh, Jesus is saying this to his people. One of the great problems or one of the great challenges that the modern church faces, uh, at least here in America, but throughout the wor world as well, is that there is a reticence with regards to the word. Listen to this reflection uh, from an author. Uh, she says this, silence is a powerful weapon of the enemy. It is in the silence that the enemy invades the territory of uh, the heart. The enemy says, see what you have done. It's so horrible that no one can even mention it. You are alone, completely alone. Even your pastor will not speak of the nature of your sin. He may say that there is no unforgivable sin, but he skirts around you because it is that terrible. And if your sin is that terrible, you must be that terrible as well. Oh, my dear brothers and sisters, she says, it is in silence that the lies of the evil one flourish. There is a real tendency and a real fear. Every week I, I, I feel it. Uh, I love the word. I, I have confidence in the word. But into the, the cacophony of sound that our world offers, there is that fear. Can this little word stand? Can I really believe it? Can I proclaim it with boldness, and I believe that, 
But I also relate to that man who says, I believe, help my unbelief. Uh, because it seems so, it seems so small, it seems so irrational, it seems so. And, and Jesus comes to us and he, and he says, this is the kingdom. The kingdom comes about by the sower. And he uses this parable, and we, we're starting to get the, the clue of what parables are. Parables are these stories that come out of everyday life. They're not complete allegories. Uh, they're they're uh, sometimes extended metaphors. Sometimes they're quite short and more like similes. But they're an occurrence that comes out of everyday life that, that teach us uh, a spiritual truth uh, or two or three. Uh, and here he gives this parable of a sower, and he says, there's a sower. And people would have recognized this. It was an agricultural society. It's very interesting. You know, we read this whole story. I, I considered only printing just the parable of the sower, because for a lot of people, that's all they heard. You know, they, they didn't hear the explanation. They didn't hear uh, some of these other things, because you notice Jesus goes and talks specifically to his disciple. So in his teaching, he just took an everyday occurrence and, and he talked about that and he said, he who has ears, let him hear. Now that, that may have been a challenge uh, for us and it was a challenge for the disciples. They had to go and say, tell us what you meant. You know, what, what were you talking about when you were uh, telling that story about the, the sower? But Jesus uses these everyday occurrences to teach valuable truths, not just moral lessons. This isn't Aesop's fables, right? Uh, he's teaching valuable spiritual truths uh, that are intended to bring us closer to God. So what is it that we learn today? What is it that we learn about the nature of the kingdom? I want to suggest to you uh, three things. Uh, or at least walk it through uh, in that fashion. There's actually maybe several more things. Uh, but the first thing is this, the, the consistency of what is sown. There's two different uh, types of, uh, or there's two different definitions for consistency. Uh, one can be, uh, what was the dictionary definition? Uh, a conformity in application. Uh, so, and that's the way I'm using this first time, consistency. There's a conformity in application. The, the sower is going out, and we're not told that the sower doesn't equal somebody. Uh, certainly, you know, God works as the sower, uh, but also we are God's instruments for sowing. We just sang about that. I'm going to keep on singing. I'm going to keep on shouting. Uh, so, the, the, the sower however that comes about, goes out and sows seed. Now, we are told specifically what the seed is. The seed, it says here uh, later on in the passage, what verse is it, is uh, the, the word of the kingdom. Uh, what was sown is the word of the kingdom, verse 19. Uh, in the parallel passage in Luke chapter 8, it says the word of God. Uh, in Mark, it just says the word. So you have the word, the word of God, the word of the kingdom. And, and that is what is sown. Now, here's, here is, I think, one of the keys to understanding this parable. It is consistent. It doesn't change. 
that word uh, is spread, uh, you know, promiscuously throughout the field. Uh, and that word has the same potential for yield. You know, every, every seed is the same. There is a consistency is in what is sown. Uh, and, and there's some really comforting things in that. Or there's some really encouraging things. You know, as we think about uh, we think about the nature of God and his world. You know, one of the things that, uh, that God does is he is generous with the sowing of a seed. Uh, the, the word is available. The word is preached. There are many, many people who, who hear, uh, who receive the word. Uh, and, and it goes out. And that word is powerful. It's life-giving. It has the potential in it. We mentioned last week just how the seed takes root and it grows and it withstands. Uh, we mentioned the, the yield here uh, at the end of this passage. You see it twice. Uh, first in, in verse, uh, verse eight, 9, or sorry, verse 8, uh, some hundredfold, some 60, some 30. Then he, he repeats that again in verse 23, 160, 30. Th those were incredible yields uh, in, in those days. And you see the, the potential of the word of God in the life of the believer. It's the word of the kingdom, the kingdom that comes with all of its promise, the kingdom that is greater than the, the kingdoms of this world, the kingdom that we're taught to pray. It's one of the reasons why we're incorporating the Lord's prayer into uh, our worship during this time. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And, and what Jesus is saying here is look at the seed. When you see the word of the kingdom, believe that it has potential to bear the yield that will be that will stagger any other yield you know and, and so what God is telling us today one of the things that God is telling us today is, is that there is nothing nothing that you can do you or I can do nothing that any of us can do that has so much potential for positive yield as taking in the word of God do you believe that do I believe that? I mean, there's so much, right? We can read all kinds of things. Uh, we can read books by good authors. We can read articles. We can do all these types of things. But, but one of the things that Jesus is saying is nothing has the potential, nothing, of bearing a yield like the Word of God does. It is the seed that will bear harvest in your life. Now, Jesus goes on to say and says there is a consistency in what is sown. There's a consistency in the seed. Uh, but there's not a consistency in the yield. A as we look around, the, the seed is sown and the seed bears different things in different places. So, while the seed is prominent in this, and we are to put our, uh, you know, we are to very much lock in to the seed, what this parable is really about is the differences in the soils that receive the seed. Uh, 
again, think about this in a, in a first century agricultural setting. You know, they, they didn't have fields that were maybe quite as defined as ours were. Uh, they didn't have some of the, you know, modern farming techniques that would, you know, clarify weeds and some of those things. So the farmer would go out in the field and, and would spread that word indiscriminately throughout. And then what would happen is you would watch the plants grow. And the plants would reveal what kind of soil the seed landed on, right? Uh, the, the seed didn't change, but, but what it did is it revealed, it, it brought to light what kind of soil the seed landed on. So, in some cases, it said, uh, it landed on what was a path. You know, that you would walk through, and that path was trod down, and, and uh, there was no ability of the seed to penetrate that path, and so the birds of the air came and took away the seed. Uh, in other places, it landed in, in rocky soil, in rocky soil. You know, it was able to get down a little bit, but ultimately, uh, the seed wasn't able to take the kind of root that it needed, and it withered and it died. In other places, the seed got down, but then there were these enemies that came in. You know, these thorns, these thistles, the tares. And the enemies choked out the seed so that the seed wasn't able to grow to its full height. And then in other places, four soils, uh, it was good soil. And the, the seed was able to go, to penetrate, to have root, and it was able to grow. And here what Jesus is saying is there are different types of soil in this world. As the word goes out, it lands in different places. And these types of soil help us to, to see the different kinds of hearts. Uh, you could say that we have the solid hearts. And by solid, I don't mean solid good. I mean solid impenetrable. Uh, the impenetrable heart. The, the one that is conditioned against the word. Uh, these, are, these are folks that maybe because of experience, uh, maybe because of uh, just a, a, a stubborn uh, selfishness. There, there could be lots of reasons for this, but the, the word comes into their life and there is rejection. Uh, it, it does not take root at all. Uh, and, and Jesus says, this is a description of folks in the world. You, you see the solid heart. And I think some of you can think of either people that you know in, in your own circle or, or those that you know more prominently. Uh, you think of, of some of those uh, folks like Christopher Hitchens and others who have written very vehemently against the gospel. You, you have an example of, of a solid heart. We are rejecting what you are offering. You know, there is no room for the word. And then there is the, uh, what we might say, the shallow heart. Uh, the solid heart, the shallow heart. This is the rocky soil. Uh, and you know, there's, there's obviously a relation between the, the shallow uh, heart and then the strangled heart that we're going to talk about in a minute that gets choked out. Uh, but I think the way that I would differentiate it is, is the shallow heart uh, is, is dealing with things internally that, that 
maybe receives the word, sees some value in it, but because of anxieties, because of a, a, you know, doubts, lack of faith, all of that, maybe an, an, an unwillingness to really dig into the promises of God, there, it's not able to grow. There, there are obstacles internal to the person, and you see that as Jesus talks about this in verse 21. He says, he has no root in himself. Endures for a while, but when tribulation or persecution arise on account of the world, immediately he falls away. They're lacking that root in themselves. And I think some of you know folks like this. Um, you, you recognize that there is a willingness to believe, there's an openness, but there, there's an unwillingness to really allow God's word to take that root. There's, there's anxiety, there's all of those things that we talked about. Uh, that, that just get in the way. On the other side, you have the strangled heart. So the shallow heart, more interior. The strangled heart, more exterior. You know, this is the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, Jesus says in verse 22, uh, that characterize this. So now it's not so much internal as those things external. I'm looking around and I'm seeing what that person has and I don't have. I, I'm seeing this coming down the line. I'm seeing all of these things. And this is choking out because I'm so focused on what is out there. Uh, relationships, all kinds. It could be anything, right? Uh, because I'm so focused out there, I, I'm not giving attentive uh, attention to what is in here. Uh, and the word... The seed doesn't take root, and it, and it doesn't grow. And then there is, lastly, the soft heart. Uh, the soft heart that can receive the word of God in which it can take root, it can grow. These are the four soils that Jesus says. And as I've mentioned, you know, we, we see it uh, throughout our lives. You, you can identify people, maybe, who fall into a category but I think it's also fair to say we identify those four soils in all of our hearts. You know, there, there are times when, when we are more of the solid heart, the one that wants to reject the word, especially when it comes into one of our pet sins or one of our uh, areas that we just don't want to let go of. You know, other times we are much more shallow or strangled. Um, and other times we, we see, by God's grace, the softness that receives the word and bears the yield. Uh, we, we see it sort of individually, people that are characteristic of the various soils, but we see it also internally in, in all of these various areas. So this is the, the, the heart of Jesus' teaching. You know, the heart of Jesus' teaching is there is the word, the word is life. The word is, is what will teach you of the kingdom that is to come. This word is sown uh, in all of its truth, and, and it bears fruit uh, according to the soil that it, uh, it lands in and its ability then to take root in that heart. Now, what? let's keep going. You know, what, what is Jesus, I mean, what is Jesus talking about here? Well, he's talking about the kingdom of God. And, and he's talking about, you know, he talks about the secrets of the kingdom. What, he, what he's talking about is, is the revelation of the key to life. 
Uh, this is the hidden treasure, right? This is the priceless pearl. This is the revelation of, of the key to life and happiness. Uh, and, and it has application in so many areas of our life. Uh, every area of our life. You know, primarily, it's asking the question of, you know, do we love the Lord? Are we committed to him? Is he our king? Is he our Lord? If we're talking about a kingdom, there has to be a king. If Jesus is that Lord, he has to be Lord of all. We're going to come back to that more strongly in just a minute. But it also has application for other areas of our life. You know, we're standing here on January 20th, uh, 2019, and it's sort of a... Uh, a, a juxtaposition or putting together of, of two things that our culture is aware of. You know, for many folks today, they're thinking about this as Sanctity of Life Sunday. Uh, January 22, anniversary of Roe v. Wade, 1973. All of the, the years we're thinking about um, uh, abortion and, and how that uh, plays into our world. You know, also today uh, is the day before our nation will celebrate uh, Martin Luther King Day. And so many people are, are getting ready for days off of school tomorrow, uh, thinking about uh, racism and how that has been a part of our country's history, you know, going back to slavery and the civil rights and all of those things. We, we have these in our mind, and, and we think about how is it that we go forward. How is it that we understand? How do we make sense of these issues? But it, what Jesus would say, and what this parable teaches us, is apply the word. What does the word have to say about this? Because the word is about the kingdom of God. And, and these issues that we deal with uh, are not issues that are related specifically to this world and our culture. These are subsumed within the kingdom. And the word has something to say. Uh, and in both of these cases, the word teaches us about the image of God in man. You know, one of the things that we see so clearly in the scriptures is, is that as human beings, we are created in God's image. And from the very beginning, from our time in the womb, God begins to interact with folks. And that is a precious interaction. We see so many examples of that in Scripture, whether it be David or Job, or whether it be Jeremiah or John the Baptist. You know, these interuterine relationships between people and God, and we, we know that life is precious from the very beginning, from the very moment of conception. This is what God's word teaches us. And we know from his word that every tribe, tongue, nation, and people, every ethnicity, every socioeconomic class will be in the kingdom. We, we know this. And, and so we make application wherever we are in these things, but it's God's word that teaches us. And we get so distracted. We get so distracted by this political position or this argument or all of these other things. And what Jesus is saying here is if we want to have the yield, we go back to the word because it's the word as it is sown that teaches us 
about the kingdom of God. And it's the kingdom of God that brings us life. This is what Jesus said. And this is where we now move on to the, the constancy of the invitation to hear. Jesus is, is teaching this as an invitation. Look at verse 9. He who has ears, let him hear. You know, here is the invitation to life, is what Jesus is saying. Like, you, you struggle with all of these things, you know, in the world as you encounter it. But it's when you come to the Word, and when you come to the teachings of the kingdoms, when you come to the life that I came to bring, Jesus says in John 10, he says, I have come that you might have life. And that you might have it abundantly. How are you going to experience that? It's as you walk in accordance with the word. You know, not as you walk in accordance with a political party. Not as you walk in accordance with a tightly sound logical argument. It's as you walk in accordance with the word. That is where we find life. And we find it to its fullest. You know, so in all of our questions, you know, whether it be this or whether it be that, uh, whether it be gender and sexuality, whether it be riches and poverty, you know, as we seek out the word, that is where we will find life. I, you know, the quote that I started at the very beginning uh, of the, the message, silence is a powerful weapon, it's actually from a, a woman named Nancy Cruiser. Uh, she is the Silent No More uh, regional coordinator for the Chicago area. area. And, and she is specifically talking about the need for the word to be applied to uh, issues like abortion. Uh, the, the quote actually goes like this, silence is a powerful weapon of the enemy. It is in silence that the enemy invades the territory of the post-abortive woman's heart. The enemy says, see what you have done. It's so horrible that no one can even mention it. You are alone, completely alone. Even your pastor will not speak of it. He may say that there's no unforgivable sin, but he skirts around abortion because it is that terrible. And if abortion is that terrible, you must be that terrible too. Oh, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, it is in silence that the lies of the evil one flourish. It's a very, uh, it's a very uh, open uh, and, and compassionate plea for the application of the word in all of the deep, deep wounded parts of our lives. I mean, we know as we... In, interact with the issues of our world, whether it be racism or whether it be abortion, uh, whether it be gender and sexuality issues, whatever it is. There are deep, deep wounds there. But, but it is only as the word comes into contact with us that we, we really have hope. Uh, she, she goes on to say, and I, I think this will be helpful for us, I'm not focusing on this to focus on it, but illustrative of, of the freeing power of the Word of God. Uh, she goes on and she says this, After a while I started to wonder, is my sin of abortion so unspeakable 
Does my abortion on a scale of other sins rank so despicably high that though forgivable cannot be mentioned, not at the pulpit, not with prayer partners, not ever, not anywhere? Let me tell you, that's a very lonely place to be. I remember thinking if the devastation of abortion uh, has had on me and countless other people sitting in these pews cannot safely be talked about in Christ's church, well, where can it be talked about? I knew the pastors were kind and godly leaders, and I had received compassionate pastoring from them regarding my abortion, yet there was this weird silence, a penetrating, deadly silence in Christ's church when it came to abortion. We know that one out of three women has had an abortion, and this means that they sit in the pews of our churches. The church's message on abortion, that it's evil or not morally acceptable, is something that post-abortive women, uh, Christian women or man, already knows, already has heard. This is the truth that so often is breaking through in their heart and mind. This message is the truth that ultimately will set the captive free. The first baby steps in healing from abortion is to know the truth about it so that it can be confessed and healing can begin. The post-abortive woman must come to know that there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus with regards to her abortion when she truly seeks the Lord. Only then can he begin to heal her broken heart and he will ultimately transform her life. We must, all of us, bring the gospel of the Lord to a culture of death that has been deceived, wounded, deeply wounded by this tragedy and so many others. The word brings life. And this is Jesus' promise. I, I have come here that you may live, Jesus says. It speaks the truth to us and it points us to the grace of the Lord Jesus. Now I know we're touching on some deep, deep issues and, and my prayer is that you, you will hear and experience, as I know from this congregation, you know, all grace and mercy, uh, whatever your story may be in it. Because ultimately we stand with the word who is Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus was the word given to us by the Father. And Jesus was the word that says, unless a seed falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. This is John 12, 24. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. And this is the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the secret of the kingdom that is revealed to those who will have ears to hear. That, that Jesus himself became the ultimate brokenness. He became the ultimate one who, who, who became sin in order that a yield of righteousness might spring up to the glory of God. This is the promise of the kingdom that Jesus comes and he says, he who has ears, let him hear. And it's the invitation today that we would have ears to hear the righteousness of God, no matter where we've been, no matter what we've done, for the repentant one who comes. There is grace 
and mercy from the throne of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you have been so gracious to teach us truth about your kingdom, truth about who we are in this world, that you have been gracious to teach us uh, both those who have perpetrated horrible evil and those who have had horrible evil perpetrated against us, to teach us that, that you are the word of truth, the word of life, and you have come to inaugurate a kingdom of life and light in which we all know the strength, the grace, the beauty of abiding in you. Father, we are aware here that there are, are many types of soils. Uh, even within our own heart, uh, there exists these different types of soils. And we are aware, as with this parable, that it is after the word is sown that so much of the action takes place. And so, Father, I would humbly pray that your spirit would uh, abide with us in the minutes and the hours uh, that, that follow now. And that you would make our hearts soft and that you would allow us to hear the word, to, to receive it with faith and love as we talked about earlier through our catechism. And that indeed it would spring up to your honor and to your glory. Father, may we not be silent, but may we have confidence in the truth of your kingdom as it is given to us. We love you, Lord. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. We respond. It's a great prayer, and I, uh, this song, Speak, O Lord, you know, hopefully you see how much of the activity takes place after the word is sown. It's after the word is sown that the birds come. It's after the word is sown that the rocks play their part. It's after the word is sown the thorns come into our lives. Uh, it's so appropriate now that we pray, speak, O Lord. May our hearts be soft and may there be a yield to his glory. Let's stand as we sing.
Amen. You may be seated. Welcome again. There's the red friendship pads on each row. If you could pass them down and back again, that would be outstanding. Uh, several things for you just to highlight in terms of announcements. There, there's so much in the uh, bulletin and there are many things that are happening. Please uh, take some time to go through that and, and see where you might plug in. If you're visiting, you know, the, the welcome is warm. Uh, we'd love to have you uh, plug in to any of our studies, groups, uh, youth, adult, men's, women's, all of these things are Wednesday night. This week, Wednesday night, we'll be meeting together. We'll continue connecting our Wednesday night with our vocation uh, study that is happening immediately after this service. Uh, so it is a potluck dinner. Everybody hear me? Uh, did I say it? I did say it. Uh, it's a potluck dinner this week, so bring your favorite. Bring not only enough for your family, but bring enough to share uh, with, with other folks so that they can uh, enjoy and we will uh, thrive together in that way. There are so many things related to the study of the Word. You know, again, I, I just cannot stress enough how important that is and what a separating thing it is, not only in terms of our own lives, but in terms of this culture. Uh, as we go, uh, our, our adherence to belief in the word will differentiate us more and more and more. Uh, and so it's so important. There's Bible studies for men's and women. Uh, there's a new study starting for men on February 4, uh, which is how to get the most out of your Bible. Uh, so if you, if you really want, as a man, want to engage that, maybe you haven't ever been taught systematically about things like that, or you just want to grow in that area, uh, please come to that study. Jim Panaggio is going to lead us in that. There's a movie night uh, coming up this week, Friday, uh, for men. I'll push you. Uh, you see signs about it. It's such a, a, a great uh, movie just about our life together and how we encourage one another and uh, we really step into addressing some of the cares of the world that otherwise can so often choke out uh, a life of faith. So uh, pay attention to that and love to have you join us for that. Um, one other thing just with regards to the word, you know, the last several years Christ Church has provided a devotional book for the congregation. We've done that again this week or this year, uh, it's, a, it's a, a, a devotional book on the, the book of Proverbs uh, that uh, Tim and Kathy Keller have put together. And, you know, it's such a, a very practical but also gospel-filled book. Uh, so if you have not picked up your household copy, there's still some back at the welcome table. We just say a word about that. No matter where you picked it up, you got to go back and start from the beginning. Because uh, he has some great teaching there on what is a proverb, what is wisdom, all of those things. So they go fast, go through and, and start from the beginning. But uh, just such a, a, a great tool for you to really dive into the word. And I, I would uh, encourage you with that strongly. Jamaica Mission Trip, if you're interested in hearing more about that, either as a college-aged young adult uh, or as a possible adult leader, there's a meeting for that today in the lounge at 1230. Uh, pizza is provided for that. 
And then just a couple of things in terms of the, the life of a con our congregation. Uh, it's been full, uh, and uh, share a few things with you. Certainly want to be in prayer for the Lafleurs, Bob and Cheryl, and the juries, uh, both this week dealing with issues with parents, uh, demanded just a lot of attention, um, and uh, particularly for Joy juries, her, her dad is on uh, the, the brink of crossing over, and uh, they've been waiting, and he's ready, and we want to pray for that family. Uh, Steve Holliday, Steve and Chris, uh, Steve's mother passed away yesterday uh, in Indiana, and uh, that funeral will be later this week, uh, but you may want to remember our good friends Steve and Chris, and also within our congregation, Nora Sullivan passed away yesterday as well. Uh, Nora was struck with an infection uh, this week uh, in an already weakened uh, body, and it took her life yesterday. So she is now released uh, from, from her pain and uh, forgetfulness, some of the, uh, the uh, travails of, of aging, and she is with the Lord. So, you know, many of those uh, folks, uh, we think of Marilyn and, and Mim and Loggie, they've been friends for 40 years plus. Uh, and uh, you know, we, we certainly pray for those who feel that loss uh, most closely as we, too, experience that loss. Congratulations to Jeff Bateman and Grace Vanderveen, who were uh, engaged this week. So it's just always the reminder that as life goes on with all of its uh, fullness, uh, that God is continuing to be faithful in the hearts and lives of people. Let's go to the Lord in prayer together. Father, we are so grateful for your compassionate teaching to us uh, that points us to the ever-present mercy of God while at the same time uh, applies truths that we, we need to hear, truths that will lead us to life. We're so thankful for that. We're thankful that you not only teach us, uh, but that you walk with us. We're, we're mindful of that on a week like this when there are so many that have felt uh, the, the challenges of, of living in this tear-filled world. Uh, Father, we, we know that as we walk along, whether it be challenges that come to our faith from our culture, uh, from within, whether it be the effects of the fall in our bodies and the bodies of our loved ones, uh, whether it be uh, the, the enemy death that comes and, and, and seeks and takes. Father, we know in all of these things you are with us. And so we offer these specific prayers for this congregation uh, this morning. We, we pray for the Lafleurs and the juries who uh, have had lots of responsibility uh, with uh, aging loved ones, we ask that you would be very close to them. Particularly, we pray for Joy and Mark and uh, as they await the passing of Joy's father. We're grateful that he knows you, and we pray that you would uh, lead him very gently across that river, uh, that he may behold the celestial city in the presence of uh, his king and his savior and his shepherd. Father, we pray uh, as well for, for those who are mourning 
the, the crossing of loved ones. We think of Steve and Chris and Steve's mom. Uh, what a testimony he has given in this place about her. And uh, we pray that you would be with them as they, as they grieve, but also celebrate. They, they grieve not as those without hope. And we ask that you would be with them throughout this week as they look to lay her to rest. And we pray the same for our body here, the, the passing of our sister, Nora Sullivan. Lord, again, we rejoice that she no longer knows the, the ravages of sin. She no longer knows the, the brokenness of our bodies, but she has been set free. And she knows the, the glory of life before her Savior. Uh, but Father, we also grieve, and there is a, a hole there. Death is an enemy. And so we pray that you would be close to those who feel that most acutely. Uh, may your uh, peace come and set up guard on our hearts so that we would not despair, so that we would not lose hope, so that we would never uh, condemn you, uh, who is our God and who is our Father. Father, we pray for this world that we live in. Uh, we're reminded on this weekend that, that we live in, in a world in which the kingdom has come but is not fully consummated. Father, we long with the apostle that you would come quickly. In the meantime, we pray that the truth and grace of your word would ring out in areas of strife in this country and, and throughout the world, areas uh, of racism and oppression, uh, areas where uh, human rights are violated in, in very uh, egregious ways. Father, we know that uh, these are image bearers, and we are called to uh, protect and to, uh, to, to, to bring life to those who bear your image. Lord, we pray that uh, for, for those who, who are outside of the womb as well as those who are in the womb. For we know that those in the womb are among the most defenseless, uh, and yet they bear your image. And so, Father, we pray that you would forgive us as a nation uh, in all of these things. Uh, forgive us for complacency. Uh, and Father, we pray that you would give us uh, a wisdom and a confidence and a boldness uh, that comes from, from knowing you and knowing you as you've revealed yourself to us in your word. May we have the, the truth and the grace that we need to be people that speak uh, of the secrets of the kingdom. Father, we need you in all aspects of this as we bring our, our tithes. Father, again, there's just such a, there, there's such a battle that goes on. Our world says, hang on to what you've got. You're going to need it. Uh, and your word tells us to be generous. Cast your uh, bread on the waters that it may return to you. Father, there's a battle in our hearts every week when it comes to this. Help us to believe your word. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The congregation is welcome to sing along. Jesus, my Redeemer, 
Not us. It's Christ in us. Let's stand and give hallelujah to him. sisters, may you know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. May you go forth with his word planted firmly in your heart and may you be a, bear a yield to his glory both today and throughout this week. Amen.